Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The best way you can set yourself up for success Uh is to more or less have your house in order. Uh You know, like, so let's imagine you have someone coming over to your house. Uh You know, you're scrambling to, like, clean up at that last minute. That's definitely me. (laughs) Um, But, like, that's late. You know, you want to have your house in order, like, ready to go far before someone calls you up and says, I'm coming over. And so with a lot of businesses, there are certain things that you want to have in place. You know, you want to have your proper legal structure. You want to have your business licenses. You want to have your uh, your contracts, like, locked and solid you know you want to have your equity issued all these things you should be networking early um not when you're ready to hit the ground and and start fundraising but um even a year before that when you're still in the you know even incubation stages of an idea or before you're ready for fundraising It's late when you're at the phase of, oh, hey, I've built something. I'm ready to pitch to investors, you know, but like I'm pitching and, you know, I'm not getting any traction. It's all about relationships, though. Uh So you have to have been cultivating those relationships Uh and something you talk about deposits, making deposits in people, you know, far before it's time to like pitch them for money. Uh It's not so obvious, but. You may not need to fundraise when you think you need to fundraise. Uh, um, one thing my partner always says is money moves last. Uh, so if you can build up what you've got going uh, through collaboration, uh, then you can get a little bit further along, build more value uh, and bring investors in at a point where you have the leverage. Uh, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. I know you want to watch this next video, but listen, if you are an entrepreneur, business coach, business consultant, or a small business owner who has a story and wants to learn how to create multiple streams of income from your story, I need you to text me right now, my book to 646-687-4152. That is my personal number. I have been an author for over 12 years. I've written 10 books. Four of them have been bestsellers, and I've sold over 100,000 books, but I've also helped a lot of my clients take their expertise and put it into a story, then create multiple streams of income from that. So I wanna help you do the same thing. So text my book to 646-687-4152. I right, let's go back to the video. Pay attention and listen, we about to teach class. Inside the boat, my man adds cash. So get your man right, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. to see him to change your life. Millionaire mindset, the best on earth. Blueprint to wealth and knowledge network. Forget it while you can and it's standing right here. Just come and sat the phone to see black millionaires. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Come and sat the phone to see black millionaires. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You won't ask cash, you can catch it right here in the ball. All right, so welcome to another awesome episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash, the greatest money mindset show on the planet. We have a powerful show lined up for you. We have the one and only Shamite Obialo in the building, attorney, business advisor, founder, you know, you know, a, a host. All of the great things we're going to talk about, you know, venture capitalists. We're going to talk about all this great, awesome stuff. Mr. Mitzi, how are you? I'm so good, Ash. Nice to meet you. No, my pleasure, my pleasure. And so, uh, you know, before we start talking about all of the awesome things, right, the founder of the suite, a community that puts together, you know, you know, uh, chief executives and, you know, all of these entrepreneurs together in one space. Um, for those who don't know, who is Shamite Obialo? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show. My pleasure. You are incredible. Thank you. We're here in Atlanta, where I'm from, where I grew up. I recently moved back here from New York after working there for 10 years. Um, and when I found out about your show, I was so inspired. Uh-huh. Um, I host a show on Black Enterprise, Tea Time. And I look to people like you and what you're building 
and that the level that you're executing it uh, and it's inspiring uh, for me so just know that people are watching you uh, and believing in you and supporting you wow thank you i yeah. appreciate that thank you yeah thank you so a little bit about me um i mentioned i grew up here uh, my family is nigerian um my parents immigrated here in the 80s uh, and um really have set our family on a path towards building in this country and i look to them for everything that i have accomplished uh -huh. um i went to school at duke uh -huh. uh, university in north carolina then i went to columbia law school and uh have for the past eight years worked as a corporate finance lawyer um and doing more or less private equity mergers and acquisitions uh -huh. helping companies buy and sell themselves uh -huh. and um for me, it's been uh, a learning experience. I never thought I was gonna be a corporate lawyer. I thought I was gonna do maybe like social justice, civil rights, but that's sort of the path you get ushered towards uh -huh. um, in law school. And, um, you know, started out big law in New York. Um, my very first, I was thinking about it, my very first, um, deal I worked on was a porn deal. Oh. Um, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Pornhub or Reality no, King or no. uh, Uporn, but so uh, first year associate, get looped in. It's this international, super complex sale. Mm. Um, the uh, founder was dealing with, um, he was being extradited for tax evasion, so he had to like sell his assets. Wow. So, <laughs> so you know, worked on that and uh, really kind of got to see a lot of sophisticated transactions. Uh -huh. um, but for me, you know, you don't see a lot of black and brown folks doing M&A activity. Yeah. You don't see us uh, really scaling to that point and yeah. getting those e exits, whether yeah. that be private equity mm -hmm. um, or like going public. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, you know, I really want to start building my own book of business and, and, and building my own clientele and working with my community. So I started doing smaller deals, uh -huh. venture, startup, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. um, so move law firms and, and really kind of hit the pavement doing like Afro tech and, and black women talk tech and getting to know that tech and in innovation ecosystem in New York. Uh -huh. um, and I ran into a problem, uh. which was I would bring in clients, but, you know, same kind of thing. My clients weren't really scaling. They mm. weren't raising money, yeah. um, you know, and so you're only as good or strong as your book. Yeah. And so they kind of you have this like feedback loop where you lawyers aren't able to really bring in those clients. Our clients aren't representing our community. Uh -huh. um, we can't sort of ascend towards partnership. Uh -huh. And so for me, I'm like the solution is lying kind of outside of these walls. And so I did a brief stint as general counsel of a private equity fund and then um, started on my own and uh, building the suites, which is all about supporting executives and entrepreneurs of color, helping us scale our businesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I want to I wanna, um, start there for a second, though, because, um, you know, one of the statistics that I know um, is that there are a lot of black and brown entrepreneurs, but the majority of them um, are solopreneurs, right? Um, they're not entrepreneurs that hire people. Um, you know, most people start uh, their businesses like as a side hustle um, and they're doing it just to kind of like, you know, you know, make money. They have a great idea. They want to make money. They want to take care of themselves. They want to, they don't want to work the nine to five anymore. Um, and they don't create that proper structure, right? So can you talk a little bit about that, right? Because, um, you know, mergers and acquisitions, you know, is a, a great way to build wealth, right? When you think about Reginald Lewis, you know, first, you know, African-American to, you know, to create a billion dollar company, he did it through mergers and acquisition. Um, you know, how important is it uh, for us to structure our businesses the right way? And, and what are the mistakes that you're seeing, you know, people make um, when they start to create a business? Yeah. And so Reginald Lewis, you mentioned, there's also a more contemporary. So I don't know if you know, Rich Dennis mm -hmm. founded Shea Moisture mm -hmm. um, with a gentleman, Nima Tubman, who's a friend of mine. And they sold that to Unilever for a billion dollars. Mm. And now, you know, they've been able to 
um, do a lot of investment, um, women of color, you know, Rich bought Essence, Essence yeah. you know, Afropunk. Mm -hmm. So there is this um, opportunity to build up the community when you do have that exit. Yeah. I think that um, people make uh, a couple of mistakes. One is just not thinking big enough. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that is because we have a lot of resource constraints, mm -hmm. not just capital, uh, but also some of that knowledge and management expertise. Um, and so not having the right network, not having the right um, uh, business understanding, mm -hmm. not having access to investors. And so we make our businesses fit our circumstances, not knowing that um, if you stretch yourself a little bit, mm -hmm. if you build the right structure, um, there will be opportunities that open up. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes down to um, really thinking in a limitless way and really understanding just because you see the statistics about, oh, less than 1% of black folks are raising venture capital and this and that, um, you don't let, the, you don't internalize that um, because then you won't go after certain opportunities. Right. You won't take those risks. Right. We don't take the risks. Um, in, and when we do take the risks, I will admit, like oftentimes we struggle, but everyone struggles, mm -hmm. right? And so you learn those mistakes and then you keep pushing. Um, but I think, recognizing where we have those resource gaps, that's where you got to plug yourself into communities mm -hmm. that exist that are, you know, very resourceful. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's kind of like, it's late when you're at the phase of, oh, hey, I've built something, I'm ready to pitch to investors, you know, but like I'm pitching and, you know, I'm not getting any traction. It's all about relationships though. Mm -hmm. So you have to have been cultivating those relationships. Mm -hmm. And something you talk about deposits, making deposits in people, yeah. you know, far before it's time to like pitch them for money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's way more relational than that. People invest in people they, they know, like, and trust. Yeah. So that's like a big mistake I see a lot of folks making. Um, but, you know, it's not all sort of external. It, there's so many systemic things there. Mm -hmm. I just don't like to focus on things that we can't control. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, so many of the folks you have on your show, um, like they have built million dollar companies Absolutely. in spite of mm -hmm. why is that because of their mindset, mindset yeah. so despite any of the statistics i just think it's like just for the birds you yeah, know yeah yeah and and how, how does someone um specifically you know us in our community uh get to that level of limitless thinking right because um you know um there has to be a mindset shift, you know, it's like myself as somebody who grew up in the inner city and, uh, you know, you know, single parent home, urban community, um, being told every single day, I wasn't going to amount to nothing. I'm, you know, going to be dead or in jail by 2021. Right. So these, these, these constant, you know, uh, false reminders of what I can't do. Um, you know, I mean, for me, you know, you know, by the grace of God, I was able to, you know, really tap in uh, to a different community, uh, really started to read and develop, you know, personal development, um, because I, I, you know, it's, it's the truth. We've had other, uh, you know, venture capitalists here who just say, listen, it's, it's really about just understanding, you know, our worth and understanding that we're good enough. And yes, there's going to be issues, but, you know, understanding the value that we bring, um, you know, you know, what are some um you know things that we could do to kind of mm -hmm. kind of build ourselves up so that we are uh believing first and foremost that we can you know build these type of businesses that you know people that we could sell or or, or and people you know would want to buy mm. so a couple things um i know that some people have been on your show and have mentioned um motivational tracks like audio tapes mm -hmm. that kind of thing yeah Les Brown is someone who um, my partner actually introduced me to. And he is, you know, he talks about success is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Yeah. You know, and I think that having a daily reminder um, where you're ruminating on this because it's, it's a daily exercise. Uh -huh. um, it's the people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. I had on my show on, on Tea Time, um, John Hope Bryan. Uh -huh. Right. 
and he talked about you know some like you hang out with nine broke people you'll be the tenth. Yeah, yeah. You know, change your circle of people, yeah. and you will aspire towards that. You know, it's not to say that you you see anyone as beneath you, but you can't be what you can't see. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I find, actually. I, um, my mom, she's a cardiologist. She's an executive as well. Mm. She's someone who I really look up to as a powerful black woman. Um, Growing up in Atlanta, um, I saw her leading in her, she works uh, in Morehouse School of Medicine, Mm. leading her department. Mm. When in New York, I didn't really see that same level of representation Mm. of a powerful woman of color. Certainly not in the law firm, which is like, like white Jewish Absolutely. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but every so often my mom would come into town for a board meeting mm. and she would invite me. Mm. I, you know, just like, hey, Sharita, you know, come. Um, she actually did a deal with, with Shaq. Uh, they were kind of um, marketing a heart failure drug together. And so she kind of folded me into that. Mm. So she was um, essentially presenting with this pharmaceutical company with Shaq and I remember being so just inspired by her. It's like grew up with her, but I hadn't seen her in that context. I hadn't even seen that. And it was more inspiring than even Shaq, you know, Mm -hmm. because um, the way she owned the room was all men. And I think we have to see it more. Um, And there are a lot of executives that I think they hang out amongst themselves. And so it's up to us to actually push push ourselves mm-hmm. out of our comfort zone and connect with people who are up and down that socioeconomic ladder, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I There's a social sociological, sociological theory uh, about social capital. Uh-huh. Talks about bonds, um, bridges, and linkages, uh-huh. right? So bonds, bonding, you're bonding with people who are like you, uh-huh. uh, maybe who grew up in your same neighborhood, in your family, share your same gender, race, race, and so you're most comfortable with those folks. Um, it, it's easy to kind of get along with those folks, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then your bridges, there are folks who are more or less at your same socioeconomics, but maybe they're a coworker, maybe they're you know, a friend of a friend, um, and then there are, there are linkages, people who, you know, up and down that social power structure. It's really uncomfortable to sometimes talk to those people, mm-hmm. like pitch to those people, but it's super, super important to enter into those rooms. Yeah. And the way that I've done it is uh, quite frankly through the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that, you know, it's a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I started curating art shows in New York City um, pretty much as soon as I got to the law firm because I needed an outlet, something creative. Um, and what I found was that that environment gave me access to people who look nothing like oh. me, um, who didn't, you know, who were you know, high net worth folks. Yeah. It wasn't that. This episode is sponsored by Greenwood Bank. I was seeking that out, but I found we had that shared interest, that shared passion. Yeah. So it was really easy. And so I think so long as you find that shared common ground, yeah. that's the bridge. Uh. That's that link. Mm. Um, and we just have to keep thinking about that. And it's uncomfortable at first, but uh, it's, it's, it's about stretching yourself beyond, you know, what feels good. Mm-hmm. When you're in business, um, you, really, you, you really have to move outside of yourself yeah. Um, yeah. if you're thinking big. Yeah. So, If you are an entrepreneur, business coach, or small business owner, who wants to get more visibility for your product or service, then consider advertising on Inside the Vault. We have been seen and heard over 2 million times, and as the show continues to grow, your ad would be embedded in our episodes forever. So the return on investments on advertising with us is unmeasurable and invaluable. If you're interested in this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, then text podcast to 646-687-4152 or email us at info at inside the vault show.com allow your business to get the visibility that it deserves hopefully that's no i love it i love it and then you know we we, we talk about um networking and community 
um, you know, talk to us about the suite. Like, what was the the genesis of that? What was the motivation around creating? You know, what it is and and, and the genesis of of creating it. Yeah. So the suites is a business community for chief executives and entrepreneurs of color. Mm. Um, we focus on helping folks get access to the right connections, coaching, and capital. Mm. Um, when I was working uh, at the law firm, I saw a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like yeah. that behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, that kind of went all the way wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw founders get kicked out of their companies. Mm. Um, you know, you have a board. Uh, when you've raised a certain amount of money yeah. and uh, at a you know the board may outvote you. Mm. So I've seen folks get fired at midnight board meetings. Wow. Um, you know, I've seen folks run out of money and mm. even after raising a whole bunch of money, run out mm. and kind of have to shut down. Mm. Um, behind the headlines, mm. you know, a lot of things are happening. That Scrambling, devastating, take, right? devastating. Wow. Uh, take on almost usurious like loans Mm. because you know money's tight Mm. and having trouble fundraising Mm. and people who like are well known but you just don't know what's happening behind the scenes and a lot of that had to do with we talk about the capital but we talk about also that management expertise yeah like did you read the documents like to know what you were signing away and so uh you know, the suites is about like working and collaboratively mm-hmm. um, and really tackling a lot of the business challenges that people don't necessarily feel comfortable to share. Mm-hmm. We're all those struggling with. Yeah. And as a business advisor, I've just seen a lot uh, confidentially mm-hmm. and recognize that it's all that all does. Uh, everything doesn't glitter. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 All that uh, we see in the press and in the headlines doesn't really reveal like what's going on um, under the surface. Yeah. And so, you know, we bring folks together, we really focus on networking, but we also focus on masterminding. We host studio sessions where members can talk about an upcoming fundraise mm-hmm. and, and really kind of uh, speak to a confidential group of five or six executives um, to kind of think through their strategy. Yeah. Um, we help matchmake and, and help make introductions to investors. Mm. Um, you know, we bring people on our show on Black Enterprise mm. and give them some media exposure. Mm. And so, you know, just thinking of different ways to be helpful, um, but more than anything, um, keeping an ear to the ground as to what is concerning for our members so that uh, we can be primed to kind of step in. Mm. Um, because like I said, a lot of times people are suffering in silence, mm. um, working in silos, mm. and uh, don't, necessarily, don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing what's really going on. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, no, I love that because I, I, think, I think that's one of the things uh, that is tough about being a founder, being an entrepreneur, being a chief executive, um, you know, especially of color, you know, sometimes it is, you know, our first time, uh, you don't come from a background, so you don't have uh, the network, the, the, the connections. But you said something um, about, you know, you know uh, you've seen uh, executives take you serious loans, right? Um, can you explain to our audience, like, like, what, like what, what is that? Yeah, so when I talk about usurious loans, um, you know, oftentimes when you're strapped for capital, um, you're looking at predatory type of arrangements where you're paying extraordinarily high interest rates. Um, and even if you're paying that back over a short term, um, that can really be damaging. And I think that a lot of times people don't feel like they have any options. So um, especially when you're trying to make payroll or um, you're trying to cover some immediate like uh, you know capital need. Yeah. And so I saw uh, folks doing all sorts of things to pull the money together mm. um, when it comes to equity, yeah. um, giving up way too much so equity, much, yeah. Yeah. Um, but because just not being educated and not knowing that, hey, you're valuing your company way too low. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see these things after the fact, yeah. and it's something one of our one of our members of, of the suites, Arlen Hamilton, she talked about. Um, you know, you see these exits that are happening, um, but people actually own such a small portion of their company when yeah. it's all said and done, yeah. because with every round of, of funding, yeah. you're getting so diluted, mm-hmm. um, and especially at the earliest stages, if you undervalue the company. Um, and so it's just good to have 
advisors at your right hand who you can just do a little gut check and say, does this look right? Um, and someone can push back on your behalf. Yeah. And having a network of sophisticated folks who've seen these kinds of deals, you know, everybody who says they're an expert isn't an expert. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that we get a lot of bad advice. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah. 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 No, I love that. And, and I think it's definitely needed because, again, um, you know, we're uh, living at, you know, in a, in a time uh, that could really transform our community. Right. There's a wealth transfer happening. Uh, you know, we have direct access to consumers. We have access to capital. Uh, there's so much happening. Uh, but we have to know. We have to know that this exists. And so, you know, it, it, it's a, it's an awesome thing uh, that the suites is kind of bringing bringing that together, uh, bringing people together, getting getting the networks together. Um, and so, and so as you're looking at, um, you know, you know, executives of color, founders of color, like what are the biggest mistakes uh, that we are making? Uh, as it relates to fundraising, because I think that's, you know, you said something that was that, that was so key. Um, a lot of uh, folks are starting these businesses. They have great ideas. They undervalue this business. Uh, they need the capital because now the train is running. They got to keep running. They can't stop it. They're, they're, you know, there's a lot of eyes on them. They're trying to, you know, do these these things. Um, and so now they got to they got to fundraise. Now they fundraise, and instead of you know they're they're, they're valuing it low, but they need the money. So now they're giving away equity, too much equity. Now they don't even own the company anymore, really. Right now they work for the shareholders. They work for the people that they you know sold the equity to and then now they had they, they're like a like now they were a worker now they they work you know um and then like you said when the exit happens you know you're like oh my god this you know black owned company got a billion dollars but how much did they really get right and so what are what are some of the mistakes uh you know you know you know uh, founders are making uh as they're trying to raise some funds so i mean we talked about a lot of them um you know not putting yourself out there yeah. uh, to meet the right folks yeah. uh, before you fundraise. Like you should be networking early, yeah. um, not when you're ready to hit the ground and, and start fundraising, but um, even a year before that, yeah. when you're still in the, you know, even incubation stages of an idea or before you're ready for fundraising. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something that, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not so obvious, but you may not need to fundraise when you think you need to fundraise. Uh, um, one thing my partner always says is money moves last. Uh, so if you can build up what you've got going uh, through collaboration, uh, you know what I mean? Like you can get support in kind from folks to uh, where you don't need to get money in that's uh, diluting you, yeah. right? Then you can get a little bit further along, build more value uh, and bring investors in at a point where you have the leverage mm. you know what i mean yeah. so we're so like thirsty for investment right now mm. it might be too early mm. yeah, yeah yeah i love that money um, money money moves last like that right. yeah i love that yeah yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. and the other thing is make sure you're targeting the right investor yeah you know what i mean yeah. like people like to see deals at the right stage mm. at the right size yeah. you know they want to see a certain amount of revenue they want to see things in like you know the, the tech or in beauty or in wellness mm. or consumer cpg so it's like investors have their thing yeah. they have their thesis yeah. and you have to like understand that thesis and pitch them the right thing yeah and a lot of times people are like you know fuck that person they mm. didn't like listen to my idea like are you pitching what they want what to they see? Want to see. Yeah, yeah, Are yeah. they a real estate investor and you're pitching them like a tech company? <laughs> right. You know, so I think that it's also about like studying your target mm. and like really kind of understanding and 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 pitching, you know, pitching the right story to the right investor. Yeah. 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 And, and 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 talk about also um you know want like like when you're looking for funding not it's not only the money. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of times I hear people looking for money, but um, it's not just that. Like you you want to you want to make sure that you're getting something more from your investor. Can you talk about yeah. that? A bit? Yeah. So what I've noticed a lot of investors that are more sophisticated, it's not just the money. Mm. It's also 
connections, Absolutely. introductions, yeah. you know, connecting you with a potential supplier, mm -hmm. um, a potential partnership. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, getting media opportunities. A lot of the things, quite frankly, that the suites is doing. Mm -hmm. But venture capital, private equity has become like a full court, full service type of operation. Yeah. Um, and people are expecting that. And so one of the challenges with a lot of black and brown founders is if you're mostly raising money from angel investors, mm -hmm. um, where it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, sometimes people will say, you know, this is like not smart money. Mm -hmm. um, I hate to say it, but a lot of times founders struggle because they've raised from angel investors that might not be as sophisticated. Mm. And so they don't get that plus. They don't get right. those like wraparound support. Right. Um, and so, and they also don't get that follow on, mm. which is like, hey, I didn't just need money like for my seed. Mm. I needed it for my series A, my mm. series B. So, you know, if you don't have that continued support along that journey, mm. um, you might actually run out of money. And mm. some of the folks um, in the suites community have come to me and said, hey, we're fundraising our series B but we can't find any investors that are looking at us at this stage mm. because a lot of it is like early stage, early stage, early stage. There has to also be folks at that later stage. Mm. And so I think that people do struggle um, with finding investors that will stay with them mm. as a partner, you know, throughout that journey. Mm. Um, you know, but one of the things that I see um, to kind of go back to the best way you can set yourself up for success mm -hmm is to more or less have your house in order, uh, you know? Like, so yeah. let's imagine you have someone coming over to your house, mm -hmm. you know, you're scrambling to like clean up yeah. at that last minute. That's definitely me. <laughs> um, but like, that's late. You know, you want to have your house in order, yeah. like ready to go far before someone calls you up and says, I'm coming over. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so with a lot of businesses, there are certain things that you want to have in place. You know, you want to have your proper legal structure. You want to have your business licenses. You want to have your uh, your contracts like it's locked and solid. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to have your equity issued. Mm -hmm. All these things. I have a checklist on my website that people can go to to kind of get like, oh, hey, here's a list of questions you're probably going to get. Mm -hmm. Documents you're probably going to get requested. So you're not scrambling the time you go into diligence with an investor mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, I don't have these things. You know, so um, I'll give the website www.jointhesuites.com slash investor dash checklist. Um, and people can get that list and just feel a little bit more confident that they know what they're going into. Because I think that's part of the fear of like, I don't I just don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. So I think it's having um, an understanding and a familiarity with the process because it is a process. Yeah. You're going to have to create a list of investors that match your business focus, mm -hmm. and you're going to have to move through them systematically. But having um, clarity about what the process is going to look like, um, I think, gives people a sense of ease. Um, and certainly, like, connecting with folks like me, folks who are supporting folks in that journey is really important. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And then uh, talk to us a little bit about venture partners, right? You have... Um, you know, you, you, you know, you, you, you're, you're part of that, right? Talk, talk to us about that. Yeah. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or seven up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I'm a partner at Passbook Ventures. Mm -hmm. And Passbook is all about investing in immigrant founders mm -hmm. that are building in fintech um, and e-commerce. And so I run that with my partners, Chinadu Inekwe and Mark Fleming. Mm -hmm. And a venture partner essentially is like a scout mm. we are looking for a deal flow mm. um and we're kind of presenting it to the partnership mm. and then we if the deal ends up getting you know with the everyone agrees the deal's gonna get funded um we get a piece mm. we get some of the carry mm. which is the profits that the partnership is getting from that deal mm. 
So it's it's really cool. It's 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 different for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I've crossed over from attorney yeah. to entrepreneur, investor, journalist. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, uh, I'm in so many rooms. I'm seeing so much deal flow mm. that it just makes sense. Yeah. And you know, uh, we are specifically looking at immigrant founders mm -hmm. because there is a real disparity in the same access in the challenges we talk about when it comes to black and brown folks. Mm -hmm. A lot of immigrant founders have the same thing. Mm -hmm. There are language barriers um, that we don't even think about. Mm -hmm. um, and so people are, uh, people definitely discriminate based on, you know, you sound funny or wow. your name looks funny, wow, yeah. you know, but there is a certain um, insight that a lot of folks have that are coming from another country yeah. um, and they've seen something maybe take off somewhere in another region in the world, mm. but it hasn't yet hit here. Yeah. Um, like Clubhouse is an example where I think in China, like there was something similar that kind of popped there. So one of my uh, partners, Mark Fleming, he used to work at Alibaba mm. and he was saying that like there are signals that you can see that are happening globally that uh, we're a little bit more attuned to. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that's that work. It's exciting. Um, but being a being in a venture fund, um, it's a lot of fundraising too. Yeah, everyone yeah. is fundraising. Yeah, you know, everyone yeah. is sort of like because you're now looking for LPs. Mm. Um, and so, and what's LPs? Limited partners. Yeah, yeah. You're looking to bring folks in. You're looking at you know family offices, mm. institutional investors yeah. that could come in. People who are running like pension funds, um, they can come in and invest. And it's hard when you're a first time fund manager. Yeah. You know, people aren't necessarily trying to take a risk on you. Yeah. Even in this renaissance that we've had of seeing so many, um, you know, black asset managers like Barry Givens at Collab Capital that you had on, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're also, it's it's very, very, very difficult. Yeah. You know, they face the same challenges that we face as operators. Yeah. Yeah. So what, 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 do, you, what do you think it's going to take, though, uh, to change the tides, right? So that... Um, there's inclusion, you know, for, you know, us, you know, as, 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 you know, people of color, um, you know, what is it going to take to kind of change that tide so that we could start, um, you know, building that capital, managing funds. Like I remember watching, um, you know, you know, Byron Allen talk about, you know, all of the money, uh, that are in sort of like pension funds and the trillions of dollars that, you know, you know, uh, we might be the ones working at these places, but it's a hedge fund, uh, you know, that 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 they don't spend money with the black. You know, there's, there's a, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, access issues. Right. So what is it going to take to change the tides? So this is coming down to what I think is like we have to have a fundamental power shift mm. like we are. If we are courting. Um, LPs, family offices, pension funds, where, you know, we don't necessarily look like the yeah. folks, uh, we're not really running the fund. Um, it's always going to be a little bit of that, that give back, you know, that a little bit of affirmative action, mm. the diversity dollars. That's like what we're seeing right now. Mm. We have to get to a place where we are writing the checks. Absolutely. And I think that in the hip hop community and sports and entertainment, there is this there's this uh, surge of high net worth folks yeah. like, you know, Jay-Z and mm. like Swiss Beats mm. and Nas and Will Smith. They've mm. been like prominently investing. Mm. Um, in startups, um, in uh, fund managers. Mm. And so we need more of that. I just had Baron Davis on and he was talking about, you know, he, he has investments that he's done. He was an early investor in vitamin water. Mm. Um, folks like that who have the means, like taking a risk yeah. on us. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we make mistakes, like we may lose the money, yeah. um, but still like doubling down on us. Yeah. And so we get strong as a community. That's how we do it. Yeah. Because um, at the end of the day, uh, we are going to be the ones that lift ourselves up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I yeah. believe the moment we're in right now, as great as it feels, mm -hmm. it is a moment mm. and it will pass. Mm. And when it passes, who's going to still double down? Mm. It's us. Yeah. And I think there's an opportunity to look globally yeah. because... 
on the African continent, there's mm. also a lot of wealth. There's also so much innovation. Yeah. And if we can also think in that broader international way, yeah. we have allies that yeah. we can also pull in. Yeah. And there's strength in that. Yeah. And I've seen a movement which is like tying the diaspora yeah. together. Yeah. You know, the NBA Africa and like that movement. Yeah. So I think that is where we get strong. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad that you said that because, um, you know, that's why I never use the word minority, right? Because if you if you look at the numbers, um, people of color, we are the majority, right? Um, but there are, you know, the words and the um, the things that people say to try to make you seem, um, you know, smaller than you really are. Uh, when you look at a you know place like Africa, the richest continent in the, on the planet, um, with the resources. Um, and what happens is that there are other people that just go there and steal the resources, right? And so when I, you know, I think I was watching a, a documentary uh, and they were like, um, uh, it was, I think it was talking about like Switzerland. And they were like, Switzerland is cold. Like Switzerland don't even make gold. So how do they know them for gold? Because they went someplace on a continent and said, let me, let me hold that, right? Yeah. And, and so there are, um, you know, these other places that uh, are known for, you know, for things um, that they don't even produce. And that's because, you know, there's the, this richest continent on the planet yeah. that is being, you know, you know, siphoned for for all of the resources. How does that connection happen? Right. Because um, regardless of. If you're melanated, you're from, you're from the continent. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, because even, you know, for me, my parents um, were both born in Haiti. Um, but even as a Haitian, right, I'm 25% Nigerian, right? Like, yeah. I, like, like, I, like I, I look, I did DNA, 25% Nigerian. Um, you know, I got some Benin in me, right? Um, and everyone of us, were, we were just dropped off in these different places. Like my, my family was dropped off in Haiti, you know, Jamaica, you know what I'm saying? Even in the you know, United States, you know, how do we um, start to understand and come together as one? What's your, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Like, how do we, how do we do that? <sighs> it's that a, tough. That was a big size. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I think that we have a lot of tribalism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I was in, in undergrad, there was this saying of, oh, you know, those people over there, they're the Africans or oh, the Caribbeans, and then there's the regular black. Mm. So in school, you know, even in a place which is, you know, supposed to be the smelting pot university, yeah. it was it was it was kind of like fraction wow. fragmented. Wow. And I think that um, unfortunately, when you go to each of these countries, you go to Haiti, you go to Nigeria, you go to South Africa, a lot of times people are struggling and there is this. Um, you know, scarcity mindset. And yeah. so people are focused on, you know, how do I look out for me and mm. my family? Mm. And there isn't that sort of uh, African uh, global mm. thing that people think about. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, before I was doing the suites, I had a network that I ran called Anoko House. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. all about like connecting people around art and culture. Um, and Anoko means wealth in Igala, uh, which is a Nigerian language. Uh, uh. Um, I think that if we can, to my earlier point about finding common ground, music, yeah. culture, yeah. like Afrobeat uh, has like exploded yeah, yeah. and everyone is listening to like Wizkid, all this uh, stuff, you uh, know? Uh. Um, I think that it's about identifying that common ground yeah. and like coming together around that. Yeah. And then using that as a jumping off point to have serious discussions, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I think it just starts there, but this is like, this is gonna take decades, uh -huh. even centuries. And there's a lot of unwinding of stereotypes and biases uh -huh. that people have. But I think our generation uh -huh. is really excited about, you know, disrupting that. Uh -huh. yeah. um, I know that like, the Earn Your Leisure guys, they went to Lagos uh, uh -huh. and they went to Cairo uh -huh. in a pandemic. Right, right, right. 
I was like, oh my gosh, you know, um, you have this return to Africa movement, yeah. this happening, like Boris Kojo and um, Bozuma St. John and, you know, some of the folks I know, they're part of that return to Africa movement yeah. and they're going to Ghana, yeah. you know, and I think it's Ghana is, by the way, like super welcoming so, yeah. of like tourism. Yeah. And so it's like us who's willing to bridge that gap. Yeah. And I think we just have to keep doing that. And I think culture, music, um, Nollywood, like mm. Netflix, yeah, yeah, yeah. is they have a lot of Nollywood films on there yeah. Um, yeah. that they've bought. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you watch that, you understand the culture more. Yeah. There's common ground, yeah. and that begins a discussion. Yeah, yeah, and no, I, lo I love it. I love it. But 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 he but here's a question though, right? Because you know, it's like this duality that happens, right? Where um, we see a lot of people doing serious business, but then you turn on television and there is this rise in ratchet behavior, right? So ratchet. So ratchet. Do you think that the rise in the ratchetness um, is affecting how, you know, serious we could be taken, uh, you know, globally? Like, like is, is that affecting um, sort of like that, uh, that ability for even... Uh, you know, you know, our brothers and sisters on the continent to say, nah, we're not messing with those Americans because all, when I see, all I see is the rat, like, you know, so other ethnicities, people that look like us, like, may, is it, is, is that part of the division? Um, I feel like everyone is just copying the, the, the ratchetness has gone global. Mm. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, Social yeah, media yeah, yeah, yeah. amplifies, um, everything. And so... I actually find that there is this nuanced coexistence mm. of intellectual and ratchet mm -hmm. that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sort of like, I look at folks and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm kind of like judging people based on like, you know, what they're posting. Mm. And then on a, like, let's say we're on like an Instagram, but then on another platform on a YouTube, they've got a channel, they're educating folks. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, mm. wait a minute, let me remove my biases. Mm. And so it's a little bit of cognitive dissonance because, mm. you know, it's what we think someone should be looking like and acting like, and then um, it doesn't, doesn't really fit with what they're saying and right. the knowledge that they have. Mm. And I think that it's kind of like what you do with your show where it's like, you don't have to dress a certain way. Right to be intelligent. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to look a certain way, yeah. you know, to be a CEO and yeah. to lead yeah. in the boardroom. Absolutely, yeah. And it feels uncomfortable, but I think that's just about we have certain so we're socialized in a certain way mm -hmm. and we're pushing past that. Yeah. Yeah. And so Yeah. yeah. No, 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 I love that. And and and, and I, I think it's absolutely right. I think that um, you know, I mean, you know, even for me when I first started um, you know, wanting to teach the community about about money um, you know, I was told like, yo, wear a suit. Nobody's gonna take you serious if you don't look this way. Uh, but then, you know, I grew up on hip hop and I'm like, well, I was a banker 15 years. I was a CEO, I sat in the C-suite, but I also listened to Jay-Z 24 seven. And so like, I could, I, could, I could switch it up. I don't have to dress in a suit in order to be knowledgeable um, and help people. And so, you know, I do think that, you know, uh, part of, uh, what I mean, you know, we, we've also had, you know, job John O'Brien on the platform as well. And, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, you know, make it smart, sexy again. Right. Like, you know, like 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 not making it, you know, this 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 thing that you shun to be smart um, and, you know, and and smart. Like, why can't I dress like this yeah. and still be smart? You know, you know what I mean? And, and to your point, because, um, yeah, you worked in corporate. Yeah. You ran a bank. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. I worked in corporate. Yeah. People are miserable there. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember I um like I said, I started my art focus networking stuff while working as an associate, as a as a catharsis. You know, mm -hmm. I needed an outlet. Yeah. I needed it. Yeah. I was so stressed out. I was having chest pains. Mm -hmm. I was having heart palpitations. I went to see a cardiologist, like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Um, and the whole environment can be soul sucking mm. and you can lose yourself Absolutely. and your identity and your authenticity yeah. for the sake of, you know, uh, being 
you know, building that political capital and getting ahead and feeling like you're a valued member of the team. Mm -hmm. And so I think that now you're seeing so many people break out of that, maintain their sense of identity and self and authenticity and be successful. And it's like, Mm, idea and it gives people the freedom and like i think like as like i was saying i think the ratchetness actually when i said it goes global um and we don't have to say ratchet but let's just say folks who are being authentic Mm. that is contagious yeah and corporate is now like how can we be Mm. accommodating you know like The great resignation. (laughs) Like, how do we retain people? Like, we're cool. Yeah. I was talking with uh, my partner about, oh, now people are allowing people to smoke in the office. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Why? Right, right. right. Because you have to um, figure out a way to make your workplace appealing and enticing for people to feel good about staying there. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, it's going the other way, actually. Mm. Everyone else is like falling in line. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I love it. And so let, 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 let's let's talk about transitions for a second because we, you know, we both work corporate. Um, and, you know, you, I mean, man, as a, as a corporate lawyer, like, you know, a, a black woman, you got locks. Like, I don't know how, like, how, like, how'd you maneuver had, through I that? Had, you know, I had an afro too in law school. Mm, like, man. Yeah. And so that was fun. That had to be fun. What, right, law like, school? Not law school, working corporate, <laughs> like, like what, what, um, that wasn't even where I was going to go with it, but, you know, but since we're here. Let me si- tell you, since let me, here. um, so this is a story that, yeah. um, the law firm, I mean, you've seen the show Suits, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of like that, but not, Yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, late nights, you know, taking cars home, luxurious dinners and like these top restaurants. But it's also, um, like we said, it's it's also very charged, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of wild things happen in the law firm Absolutely. though. I had a partner I used to work for. Um, so many of you may know um, Martin Shkreli or yeah. have heard of him. Um, yep, yeah. Yeah, he's like the pharma bro Absolutely. asshole Absolutely. who, yeah. um, acquired this drug, yep. Daraprim, marked up the marked price up, yep. like 5,000%. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my client. Ooh. And <laughs> Ooh, I wasn't ready for that. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I hated working with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day, and we were doing some other stuff, like some corporate restructuring stuff. Mm-hmm. But one day, um, I see on the news, we were actually at a Christmas party, mm. that the partner um, was being uh, arrested. Mm. And so, <laughs> and you can imagine, he would work right across from right, me. Right, right, right. Um, so what happened was uh, basically securities fraud. Mm. Um, the partner uh, and Martin were kind of like funneling money from one of their pharmaceutical companies to a hedge to basically disgruntled investors at mm. a hedge fund. Wow. Um, they had lost a lot of money mm. and so they were kind of manufacturing consulting agreements and settlement agreements mm. to pay wow. off these investors. And the whole thing kind of came tumbling down. Wow. Um, but you know, you it, it was unfortunate that that happened to him. Yeah. Um, he was also doing a Bitcoin exchange with the Winklevoss twins at that mm-hmm. time. So he was doing some interesting yeah, 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 things, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he always skated on the edge. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. have like in corporate, you have like a lot of things like that, where things are moving fast, like really sophisticated things. And you kind of have to pay attention yeah. um, because people can skirt in the gray. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was, it was a good time. I must say that I am happy it's over. Yes, 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 <laughs> And I have like the ability to set my own schedule. I don't Absolutely. have to work through every Thanksgiving and Christmas yeah. and holiday. Um, but I learned um, hard work, you yeah. know, the importance of how to deliver like quality work product and yeah. just like a certain level of excellence. Yeah. I learned how to move in any room, people who look nothing like me. Yeah. I learned how to manage with conflict. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there was a time when I um, 
So it's a little bit of a story, but I almost got fired essentially uh, uh -huh. um, because so early on, um, my grandfather passed away uh -huh. and I had to, fl I actually flew to Nigeria uh -huh. um, for the memorial. Uh -huh. The next year, my grandma passed away uh -huh. and I flew to Atlanta uh -huh. um, for the memorial. Um, in both cases, I kind of like left the deal that I was working on a little bit suddenly. Uh -huh. Um, and, um, you know, there was, I remember it was like black history month one year. Uh -huh. Um, and one of the partners wanted us to put on, um, a rendition of Amistad. Uh -huh. And <laughs> that's something that's done in the legal profession. Like people do like renditions of legal cases right i'm like a corporate lawyer i was like i don't want to do this right. like this has nothing to do with my practice yeah. but uh they wanted to do it and so they were looping in the diverse associates um the black folks yeah and so give we had us free we i was yeah yeah give us free yeah so i um i don't want to do it but you also want to be respectful of like the black partners yeah. and like like you know show allyship yeah, so yeah so we had a rehearsal. So I was on a conference call on a deal yeah. and um, I had to go to the rehearsal. Oh. So I left early. Oh. And when I came back the next day, actually they were like, yo, well, when you left, you know, they were asking about like certain diligence stuff. And like, you know, that's what I would have been covering. Yeah. And, um, and so combination of that incident combined with um, me and uh, going um, to these memorials without letting the team know, uh -huh. they were like, oh, well, we don't think you're dedicated to the uh -huh. deal, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we don't think you're a team player. Uh -huh. And these are all things where I'm like, there were clear reasons why I couldn't be there. Yeah. Um, and so it honestly felt like breaking down because I was like, fuck you, yeah, like yeah, someone yeah, yeah, died, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, right, you know? Right, right, and right. I'm going to this thing, I didn't even want to go, you <laughs> right, know? <laughs> right, right. But you can't act like that. Uh, yeah, you, can't, yeah, yeah. you can't react like that, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, I gotta keep my job. Yeah, yeah. You know, I felt like I'm done with this, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I ended up going to my office, you know, cried a little bit, uh -huh. like, fuck, I gotta keep this job. Yeah. Um, and I kind of composed myself and it was like, you know, I, I apologize, you know, I explained the situation, but it was also communicating better. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like, you know, over communicating when you have something going on. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, from there, I ended up being like the star associate and kind of mm -hmm. rebounding from mm -hmm. that. But, you know, it wasn't all smooth sailing. And, you know, you definitely learn how to manage um, different personalities. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you know, speaking, speaking of this, right, because like now you're in corporate, star, you know, corporate lawyer, um, but you're an entrepreneur, right? Somebody's watching right now um, that might hate their job, might not like the, the, the lack of freedom that they have. They wanna make the transition. Um, what advice are you giving them to teach them how to, or, you know, what, like what's the first step that they should take while they're going to transition from corporate to entrepreneurship? Yeah. Um, and I've like, you know, now at this point, I'm like full on entrepreneur, like legal work is like less than 5% of what I do. But my advice is read as much as you can about that business that you are focused on. Um, there are so many resources out there. Um, one of the things I discovered kind of late, I didn't realize Harvard Business Review, they have all these incredible case studies. Uh. Um, and you know that the method they use in business school is case studies. Uh -huh. You learn through looking at what other businesses have done and have failed at. Yeah. So, you know, look at that kind of thing. Look at like LinkedIn Learning, uh -huh. look at Udemy, uh -huh. Coursera, like uh -huh. where you can almost get your MBA uh -huh. for under a thousand dollars. You know, so yeah. do as much as you can to educate yourself on your industry, on business in general. And really use your 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 company wherever you're working to fund you know the incubation of your business yeah, yeah so yeah. that you have built it up to a certain point of revenue before you make that leap yeah no, um, i love it i yeah. love it i love it and so also join the suites join the suites. right join the suites because you get the network and, and things of that nature okay yeah. um so we're going to do a lightning round we're going to do a lightning round so what, what we do in the lightning round um is we take some bank terms 
uh, and then we we flip them for inside the vault, right? Okay. Um, so our first term is going to be deposit slip, right? Uh, being a corporate lawyer, you know, I know you you know seen a lot of money, made a lot of money. Um, in in the you know deposit slips is when you you know fill out a form, you make the deposit, you put it, you put the money in the bank. But for us here inside the vault, a deposit slip is a money mistake, a slip up, right? Uh, in your journey, whether it's corporate, entrepreneur, you know, you're now you're an investor, you know, in your journey so far, what is the biggest deposit slip that you've made, the biggest money mistake that you've made so far? So many, mm. but um, I would say early on in my career, I I just didn't start. Mm. I was afraid. Yeah. I was afraid. I didn't have enough information. I didn't know what I was doing. And I got advice from, so I was, you know, a lot of times how people start investing when they're working a job is like through their 401k. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do that. I didn't like put money away, you know? So that's an incredible tax mm -hmm. savings opportunity Absolutely. that yeah. I missed mm -hmm. when I was like high income, high mm -hmm. earner. Mm -hmm. And so I had an uncle who was basically like, you know, everything important in life is gonna happen before you're 65 or whatever the age is. Mm -hmm. And so I, was like, all right, you know, I'm not doing that. And every year people would be like, yo, Shimite, like, you know, like, are you gonna, you know, do your investment? I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. But I also wasn't doing anything else, you yeah. know? And I think I was just so focused on, you know, being a good lawyer yeah. um, that I completely neglected that. Yeah. And, you know, really beginning last year, mm. I started to aggressively, I mean, I paid off my loans. Yeah. I guess that's what I did. Yeah. Um, but last year I started to aggressively invest mm. and have done pretty well, nice. but it took, you know, I mean, if I had started when I first started earning, mm. I would be in a completely different mm, place. Absolutely. And absolutely. I think a lot of times, um, folks of color, women, um, we feel like we can't just start. Yeah. You know, I would have, I had a friend, shout out Yvonne Eloshiebo. She was like, Shimite, just play around with a little bit. Yeah. I wouldn't even do that. Right, right, yeah. And so I was like paralyzed yeah. with fear. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. Yeah. Just start. Even if you make a mistake, mm -hmm. start with something small. Nah. So love it, love it. Second term, uh, charge off, right? Charge off, you borrow some money from the bank. Uh, the bank tries to get the money back. You're not paying it back. And eventually, like, you know what? We're going to charge this off. Uh, for us here inside the vault, uh, what type of people or mindsets did you have to charge off during your journey? I think that people, particularly in our community, um, are so fixated on trauma mm. and struggling. Mm. Um and so we allow that to prevent us from trying and going after opportunities. Uh -huh. A lot of the opportunities that I've gotten, it's because I just raised my hand. Uh, yeah. And that self-doubt that was like percolating, just push it aside. Uh, uh -huh. But there are people who will insist, uh -huh. that's too hard. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. But only one percent of blah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. and they are insistent to yeah. the point where you feel bad for telling them to go away mm, yeah you know yeah, what i mean because yeah. they really feel like they're helping you yeah. but they're not mm. because they're basically creating a mindset of fear mm -hmm. and then that fear becomes debilitating mm, yeah. and you don't need that oh, yeah. when you're trying to build something big yeah so yeah. No, get rid of that. that. Get rid of it. Charge, <laughs> Char it off. charge it off. Charge it off. All right, last but not least, uh, ATM, right? So ATM, you put your card in, uh, you get money out. Uh, for us here inside the vault, uh, ATM is another teachable moment, right? Uh, so there's someone watching right now uh, who needs some words of wisdom. They, you know, they want to, you know, structure their business the right way. They want to, you know, you know, make, make, you know, a billion dollars, you know, fund all that good stuff. Give us some words of wisdom. One more teachable moment. Another teachable moment. Okay. My teachable moment is hold your lane. There are a million people that as you're building, you will find uh, going faster than you, raising more money than you, making more money than you, 
um, and you'll be tempted to want to deviate from your path, um, weave in and out of lanes. Um, you know, it is so important to run your own race um, and to remember that success is not reaching that destination. Success is the journey because there's always going to be another win, another, you know, accolade or accomplishment always. And when you reach that next accomplishment, guaranteed you'll be looking to what someone else has done that was maybe more impressive than you. And having that understanding that it's about the journey, it's about the experiences that you have along the way on your path that is uniquely yours, that's really important. Mm, love it, love it, love it. Listen, y'all, Shamite Obialo dropping some big corporate bars for us. Uh, thank you so much. If somebody wanted to connect with you, they want to connect with the suites, where can they find you? And the Tea Time with Black Enterprise. Tea time. Plug all that. Plug all, right. all that. So you can find me, uh, my website, www.jointhesuites.com. Um, and you can hit me up on LinkedIn as well, Shamite Obialo. Uh, my show on Black Enterprise is Tea Time. We air on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn on Black Enterprise channels. So find me there. I'm always happy to have a conversation, um, to collaborate, um, to share information, resources, make introductions. So please hit me up. All right, y'all, another powerful episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash. We are closing out the vault. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Inside the Vault. Me, I am Ash Cash. Follow me on all social media platforms at I am Ash Cash. I'll see y'all next time, same time, same place, on the greatest money mindset show on the planet, Inside the Vault, in God's will. Peace! Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.